It's podcast time and it's Pete Price with you. I am more than delighted at uh, the person I'm going to be talking to now. I will never forget the first time I saw this gentleman and it was just we met in a doorway at Radio City. And you know when something stays with you and you go, wow, who'd have thought all those years later he would then become my producer? And actually the time we worked together is one of the most exciting times in radio. Um, If there was any criticism of him and me, we were both so passionate. It was like a marriage in work that just collided and we had some of the best years But we became firm friends and then we went our own separate ways. He then decided that he wanted to be a presenter, and rightly so, because he's got a great technique. I was with him the first night. It actually happened on radio. He then moved on to live work, and he can host festivals, and he has hosted festivals. And then this magical man actually started something that has now become part of our life and our framework. It's called The Guide Liverpool. It's very special. It's everything that a magazine, a newspaper should be. He is not judgmental in any shape or form. And through the pandemic, and this was the thing I respected more than anything, through the pandemic, he actually kept the quality and kept his staff because he looked after his staff all the way through it. He's come through the other end. He was uh, on television. He's been around and about uh, all last week because the Eurovision uh, Song Competition winners came to uh, Liverpool, which is great. I'm talking about Jay Hind. How was that for an introduction? Do you know what the weirdest thing is? I've heard these intros with some of the biggest names in the world over the years, so many of them. I always think this, this, this intro's a long one. Oh, he's broken another record with this intro. I think you've just broke the record with my intro, which feels really weird. But thank you for that. No, my pleasure, and you know it's from my heart. Um, I've got to ask you, the first question, it's got to be, have you ever had a proper job? Never had a proper job, no. No, I have had a proper job. I used to work in the, the what is now the Marriott Hotel, and I was at school, and I was 16, and I used to work in the conference and banqueting department, which was brilliant, because you're just, you're thrown into it at that age, aren't you? Working with people, dealing with people, dealing with customers, and it was our graft as well, working through the night, you know, but to see that hotel now, I walk past it every day, our office is based just around the corner. I love seeing that thing, and that's where I used to have a real profit job. But isn't that interesting that that... Also, must have given you a little bit of a grounding for what you're doing now because it was dealing with people. I mean, I couldn't be who I was today if I hadn't been a comic, if I hadn't been a caterer, if I hadn't done hairdressing. That made me who I am. So something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to work, I worked there and then I worked in loads of different bars and pubs, the Rat and Parrot in Queen Square, which I loved and it was when it was really busy. I worked in the Elephant in Wilton, the Hare and Hound in West Derby, which, which is an interesting pub. And you do meet people, and it, te- it teaches you how to, to be around people, how to speak to people, but also working behind a bar. I think anyone that, that works works in, in bars, in pubs, it's a tough job sometimes because you're dealing with so many different types of people. You know yourself from working in the clubs and stuff. Uh, it's good ground. And I, I always think the earlier you can get up and get out to work, no matter how young you are or whatever, whatever it is, you're doing whether it's shop work or bar work or whatever just get out and do it because it's the best best kind of grounding for you i think if you just join me i'm talking to jay hind uh, the owner of the guide liverpool which is we'll be talking about uh, at length without any shell of a doubt i've got to ask did you ever in your wildest dreams have a plan or is it just fallen into place 
Do you know what? I, it's weird. I'm 40 now and you look back and I always think, I always knew I was going to do something. And it sounds, it sounds a little bit blase, that, doesn't it? But I always knew I was... I was going to be successful. Not saying I'm a huge, massive success or anything yet, but what, what I'm saying is I knew there was a path for me some somewhere. Um, and again, it's like you—you you taught me this. It, it's hard work. You've got to work your socks off to be to become any level of success. Um, but yeah, I did always think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do something, but I just didn't quite know what it was. And, and media was one thing I always, always wanted to do. Before we talk about the guide and the history of the guide, because it's interesting where it came from and how long you've had the idea, live entertainment, doing the festivals, working Sefton Park, uh, um, doing some amazing uh, gigs, and you can now handle an audience, which you're taught the hard way by getting up there and doing mm. it. Do you enjoy it? I do, I love it. There's nothing better than being live on stage, especially the big, big kind of festival styles like the Prides or the Lymphs, that that type of event where there's 30,000 people screaming, you know, yourself, that buzz is just amazing. And I've never, ever kind of... The minute you realise when you stood on a stage like that in front of that many people and you think about it, that's when you start panicking. you just got to get on with it and do it. And I, I'd prefer to do that type of gig than the small award dues or charity nights and stuff that we all do and we all love doing but the bigger the crowd for me the better because you can't see you can't see them then you can't see their eyes do you know what I mean interesting you say that because what's just jumped into my mind you did a couple through the lockdown uh, yeah. which was virtual and you were worried about that were yeah. they fab they yeah. turned out how did you plan for that so that was the the Liverpool City Region Tourism Awards and we, we, there's a great company in Liverpool that I think need to be shouted about more called, called MSP and they do all these kind of, um, they're event specialists, basically. But they've got a studio, which is a brilliant studio. You've been yourself and you walk in. It's a proper TV studio, which they set up in lockdown to be able to bring those events to, to, to the charities, to the organisations that, that couldn't have live events during the lockdowns. And they're still doing it now, which is good. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a great experience to do that. It was good to just get out the house, get out my room, <laughs> see people. Now, one thing you have got that we've never talked about publicly, and it's an interesting question because a lot of people don't realise, you've got a fantastic family but a fabulous circle of friends from school yeah. that have kept with you. And people don't understand how important that is as a grounding, because they'll tell you, won't they, oh, if, they, if you yeah. step out a lot. Honest to God, my mates are, oh, yeah, they, but I love every single one of them. There's, there's about 30, 40 of us, which is dead weird, and everyone, you bump into other people from school, and they're like, are you all still mates? And we're like, yeah, and we were all mates from... The minute we started, aged 11, some before that. My best mate, Richie's, me and him went to nursery together at, at three. Um, but they're all from, you know, they've all got different jobs, different types of careers. Some have got kids, some haven't. Everyone's very different and we've all come together. And, and now the wives, the husbands, the girlfriends, the boyfriends are all part of the gang as well. And they've been, you know, obviously really supportive with me and the guys and stuff. But... The lads also like to take the mick from time to time. Well. They, they it's Jay again yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm not listening to you on the radio all that. But, that's but they, they that's give you a yeah. grounding, which is fantastic. I mean, you think about Colin uh, Rooney. Um, she's kept all her friends from school. Yeah. And I love that. And I've got great friends behind me who I'm, like you, very private about. And I think that's important to have that there and that there and your career. Yeah. And I love it. You've also got a very... Very grounded family um, that are just 
great with you. You know, you've got a mum and dad. I wish I had a mum and dad. Um, and it's it's fab. It's fab. Where did the guide start? Because there's a lovely history, isn't it? Because you were doing telly with we it. We were, yeah. So we were doing, uh, if you'd call it telly. <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> pretend telly. Pretend telly, yeah. It was a local TV station called Bay TV, which set up, and it was when all these local licences were being given out. I've got my thoughts on it now. Looking back, it could have been ran so much better, but the people behind it did really try. I think it was just about money and, and experience and stuff like that. Um, but they approached Radio City to see if Radio City would allow me to do this this show. Um, and Radio City said, yeah. And we, we set up this show called The Guide, which was about what's on in Liverpool. But I turned up to the studio this day to do the first, <laughs> the first show, and I just said, absolutely not, because there was no set, there was no light, and there was no nothing... So we took the show out and about on the streets of Liverpool and in different venues, different areas of the city, talking about what's on. And it grew from there. And it, it got, it was kind of, it was so much momentum and stuff online for it. I thought there's, there's something in that. People want to know. How long ago was this? This is 10 years, nine years ago now. And I thought people are really interested in finding out what's happening and the things they can do in Liverpool, the things they might miss. And obviously social media back then, it wasn't as, as big and as prevalent as what it is now. And we took it, we put it on social media, and then I went to the show's bosses or the station bosses and said, look, can I, can I take the format and put it online? Because at that point, they weren't paying any, any of us. And, yeah, it was, it was losing its way a little bit. And I put, a, put it online on a website, which was seven years ago, and then it went from there. Did you ever think it would go the way it's gone? I don't think I would have started it if I wouldn't have thought there was something in it. And if it didn't have, if it, you know, if I would have thought this hasn't got legs, I wouldn't have invested money to build a website and take on the first members of staff. I knew there was something in it. Um, there's still things that surprise me every single day with, with what we do. For instance, the, being involved in the Eurovision bid, for instance, that's something that you could never ever dream of, of being involved in. And, and that's something from our company, which is incredible. But yeah, I always I always knew it would be a success. Otherwise, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have started it in the first place. The quality I I, I go on I get boring about this because the quality is amazing. It's so important that isn't it? You've never skimped on that. Yeah, you've got to keep the quality up because you've got to stand out, haven't you? Um, and we've got the team that that work with me on the guides. It's the video team that we've got. We've got a guy called David, also Tom, who's been here since the beginning. And the quality of their video. If you if you watch some of our videos back five years ago, even three years ago, the differences are incredible. Obviously, technology changes and stuff. But I think as well, you you know, you want to keep your quality as high as possible because you want to stand out. There's so many other platforms like us now. We, we've got to, We've got to look like on social media, like we're the best. And you've developed. You've now got journalists working for you as well, yes. and a, a fabulous website. Tell us about that. So we've got a brand new site launching, theguideliverpool.com. So we're live now. We're going to give that a big, big update. We're about to launch an app, which is actually live now. You can download that from your Apple App Store and, and your, your Google Play. And for me, it's it's a hub for Liverpool City region. You know, you're not going to find tons and tons of hard news on there. The Echo do that so, so well. You're not going to find loads of sport content on there because so many great footy platforms in the city do that so well. But what you will find is a real mix of, of, of great showcases of the city. Obviously, we, we talk about what's important. Um, you know, recently, the sad news of little Olivia, we will always, always follow stories like that. Um, but then we do 10, 10 cocktails you can have on a Saturday night. You know, 10 comedians you've got to go and see this weekend. That type of content as well, we'll always push because 
as I mentioned before, there's a real thirst for people to know what's happening on their doorstep. One thing you do do, Jay, and it's uh, your training from radio, uh, which I admire and respect, and what makes me angry about what's going on on social media. People can put anything up. You know that as a journalist, which you are, and your team, that you have to check stories out. And all this business of uh, false stories and then um, the Trumpitism that he's brought in, the false news, and you don't just put a story up, do you? People don't realise the work that goes into that. You mentioned Olivia, the little girl that was shot dead. We can't really talk about that because somebody's been charged. But you don't just put that story story up explain what you have to do well there's, there's tons i don't think any media platform would ever just put a story up you know especially when it involves something something like like, like a case like that like with olivia everything has got to be checked everything's got to be fact checked i always say with stuff like that we just follow the police's lead you don't follow other other platforms lead or, or, or whatever You've, you just follow the police's lead in a situation like that we've done a course last week we used to do have to do them every year at Radio City, didn't we? And at the BBC and everything. But some of the team here were really surprised. We'd done a media law course with a great woman um, who was on on uh, Zoom who gave us this full day course. And some of the things that you you learn out, you hear within media law, what you can say, what you can't say, what you've got to be so careful of, the use of emojis, how that can get you into trouble. See, now let's it's, stay with that for a yeah, second. It's really People don't even think no, about that. Absolutely. Don't explain that. Well, there was, she used an example. I can't remember the full the full case, but it was um, a, a female celebrity, if you like, who insinuated something on Twitter about somebody else. This somebody else sued her, and he he managed to sue her because she used a winky emoji. Oh my word! And if she wouldn't have put the wink emoji on, she wouldn't have got sued. Now, do you know what? Every one of you out there. I just learned something which I never knew. I don't use funny enough emojis, mm. but isn't that unreal? Because that's the way they're going. Because so many people will be listening to this podcast with Jay Hind, who's got the guide. So many people will be listening and not realise something like that. And also not realise that if they retweet something that's yeah. bad, they can be prosecuted. You, If you like a tweet, you're showing that you favour that opinion. And you're also, what the, what the big thing is, and this has happened to many celebrities, uh, when you like a tweet or like a Facebook post, then your followers can see that like and that engagement. So that means that you're spreading what could be a false story, something misleading to your audience as well, and you can be done. And the lady we had on this media law course, she actually goes into schools and teaches kids the power of social media and how to be really careful. You know, stuff like, God, there's been many, many cases over, over the years in Liverpool it's that big thing if yeah. there's something in court at that moment or if someone's been charged with something just stay away with it stay well away from it on social media because your thoughts or your your one pushing of a button of a like button can affect that jury which could overthrow the whole trial and get you into serious trouble and of course that was what we learnt on radio because we together did five nights a week four we hours a night of live radio and we broke so many stories we'll talk about that in a moment your time at the BBC you were travelling back and forwards tell yeah, us about I was. that well I left Radio City and what I actually did I actually left Radio City with nowhere to go um, so I, I left it was ten years ago Next May, I think I left. Um, and I literally come out, and the, the day after I left, I went straight to London and I, I 
handed CVs out everywhere. I set up meetings with different people. I'd done work experience at, at Radio 1 and Radio 2, which was brilliant because I used to love Radio 1. Um, and then I got some freelance producing work as a broadcast journalist for BBC WM, so BBC West Mids in Birmingham, which was brilliant. Such a big buzzing newsroom. That that buzz of radio was back in my head and, and I loved it. I was there for like two and a half years up and down. But it was weird. I worked with a Scouse presenter who was massive down there called Danny Kelly. One of the Scousest fellas you'll ever meet. If you met him, you'd think, you're not on the radio. And he had this incredible show. Um, so I was made up to work with him. And then I'd done some bits at BBC Leeds, LBC in London, which was interesting. Um, the, the, the talk station, which has got really big now. So, yeah, it was good. But it was also good seeing how these other presenters worked in terms of talk radio. Because I've, I've worked with you and obviously we've done City Talk with other presenters and stuff. But... It's always good, isn't it, to just see how other places do it and how they produce content, how they work in different environments. So, yeah, I, I loved my time at the BBC. If you just join me, I'm talking to Jay Hind. And um, I did 40 years of late-night radio, and it's been the most exciting part of my life and a huge part of my life. I think with Jay, uh, when he became my producer... Uh, we had a lot of fallouts and it was all about passion. Nothing else but passion because we were passionate about the show. We did have the best days, didn't we? We honestly did. We really, really did. And some of the, some of the things that happened in that period, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't imagine, you couldn't wish for, could you, as somebody who worked in the media. You know, obviously some of the stories that we, we broke and, and, and spoke about were, were really harrowing, but a lot, a lot of fun stuff as well. You know, we used we used to, and we used to be able to do a lot more. Yeah. You know, this was a time when our hands weren't tied. Like that. No, this was a time when we went little things. We got up, got to go up in the police helicopter with the police. You probably couldn't do that now. We got to go into Walton Prison and spend three months in and out. Wouldn't want to do that again. <laughs> Wouldn't want to do it again. No, but it was so interesting, though, wasn't it? Really was. But then some of the things we could get away with on the actual show, and and some. <laughs> Some of the things you could say and uh, just stuff that you just definitely couldn't go anywhere near now uh, as a radio broadcaster. I'm glad you said that because I'm going to give you a big, big plug on this. On YouTube, there's two hours of the Best of P Prize that Jay put together. There's lots. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds of things. But the two hours, I promise you, the way he's constructed it. I was on the train the other day listening to one of them just by chance and had to switch it off because everyone's looking at me, laughing my head off. I looked stupid. Um, they really were great days. And I've given up radio, as you know now, uh, especially phone-in radio, because of, well, I always say, since Black Lives Matter, everything has changed. But that's another podcast. Uh, I'm talking to Jay Hind. Um, where do you get the balance right for the for the guide? In terms of of the, the content, because uh, you are a hard journalist as well as being a presenter and an entertainer. So where do you get the balance? So we, we always say the the kind of bulk of our content is uplifting. It's a great word because you can do lots with it. But we try and put as much positive stuff out about the city, about the city region as we can. So you will find lots of stories about the guy who's, who's ran across the world to fundraise for whatever charity, stories like that. But as well as that, you can't ignore the important stuff. Um, and again, I mentioned the Echo before. They do it so well. And there's kind of sometimes I think there's no point us trying to do that because the Echo, I've, I've nailed it in terms of this city we concentrate on what we do but at the same time you can't ignore 
some of the stories that, that come out of any city, but that, that have come out of this city. So, so we always try and cover what's important as well. Um, a good example is COVID. You know, COVID was really difficult sometimes because you want to stay as uplifting and as positive as you possibly can. But at the same time, you, you've, you've, got to, you've got to put information out there. And that, that was a time when every bit of information we were putting out was completely and utterly checked because you don't want to put the wrong thing out. You don't want to... You don't want to scare people, mm-hmm. and I was really conscious of that. But at the same time, you've got to, you've got to put that info out there, and it's it's tough, isn't it, to, to juggle it sometimes. And sometimes you, it's a lose lose situation. You're always going to annoy someone with what you're putting out and what you're not putting out. But so do newspapers it's, as well. Course, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a really difficult juggle sometimes, but. I think you just got to go with your gut and go with what feels right. And I will now pay Jay another compliment, and he'll get embarrassed by this, but I'll say it anyway, whether he likes it or not. Through lockdown, he um, was incredibly generous to companies over bills. He didn't take money off them because he realised there was problems out there. He realised he wanted to keep the guide going, and he realised, and it did turn out to be a huge platform for you for helping people through some bad times. And you've been incredibly generous and virtually every company without mentioning any names appreciated it and have come back a thousand times folds because they appreciate what did you do for them do you know what Peter all we did we done lots of shouts and we put it out there and we said just get in touch and we will shout about you and what you're doing and if you're delivering food if you're a plumber who's looking for work if whatever you do we'll we will give you free publicity on the guide um, we did, and we, we you know we had a, a format that we done, and it was basically every single hour we mentioned a different company, and it, again, big range of companies. But what was really beautiful with that was, you'd get a knock on your door, and it'd be a little lady with a box of cakes, and she'd say, "Oh, I'm from Valley's Patisserie. I'm, I'm just dropping these off to say thank you so much." And obviously, two meters away. You get Friday night a text. Hey, Jay, it's so-and-so from a cocktail bar in Liverpool. Some cocktails on your doorstep for you. And it was stuff like that. And that still happens now. You still get people saying thank you, which is just lovely. And we never did it for that at all. Um, no, but that's Liverpool. Yeah, that's is, That's exactly is. what Liverpool... We it's did it on the show. Too, yeah. Remember when on the radio show, we used to get chips. We used to get yeah. pizzas. We got everything to... That's... That wouldn't happen in London. Yeah. Never in a million when, when years. When we come out of Ottawa, it's, it's yeah. over a year now, isn't it? But you still, you, I still get it now. I still get people saying thank you. Still get emails, and it's it's just lovely. Mm. It really is. Right, got to talk about the Eurovision. Oh my word! <laughs> First of all, congratulations to David, and congratulations to the guide for letting him do the work on it. The video was the video that was put forward for the bid. Yes, um, along uh, as you've said numerous times, and I've said on television in the last couple of weeks, um, a lot of people have been involved with this bid. Nobody realizes the work that's gone in. Do you know what, Pete? It's so funny. Someone said to me yesterday, did you know that we'd won? And this is God's honest truth, and I'm not lying, I'm not over-exaggerating, and I wish I would have tweeted it at the time. But I've worked with Culture Liverpool for many years now on the guide. We've got a great relationship with them. Claire McColgan, Robin Kemp, Pippa, the whole team. We've worked with them on Lymph, the Giants, River of Light, tons of stuff. And I've got to know them. And when I seen... Six months ago, I was sat here on this desk with my laptop and the story come through that, that the UK was going to host on behalf of Eurovision. I knew in my head then, Liverpool will host Eurovision 2023 because I knew 
the, the drive, the ambition, the passion that that team have got, that it wouldn't have gone anywhere else. They wouldn't have let it go anywhere else. So I knew then that we'd have this. It's interesting you say that because I was getting the word back, uh, especially from the Labour conference from a few people, that Glasgow had got it. Mm. I mean, nobody knew. But I, 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 I thought that was interesting. But I mean, to me, and I love Glasgow and commiserations to Glasgow, but to me, there's no argument. The passion for Liverpool, the way we sell a gig. I mean, 2008, the MTV Awards. The MTV Europe Music Awards, I'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah. That was like putting a, an event on yeah. in Liverpool in a whole new genre. But you've got to remember with that night, the MTV Awards, which is just one little thing that we've done when you look yeah. at the whole the oh, whole yeah. calendar since. Katy Perry hosted that night, which was live internationally from that arena that, that's going to host Eurovision next year. But some, some of the things that... And people don't realise sometimes living here and we get it all the time. Other cities don't have the giants coming. Other cities haven't got the Grand National Festival which is put on every year other cities haven't got football clubs like, like Liverpool and Everton who, who bring so much in and know to party other cities haven't got that kind of experience in putting big big events on obviously there's loads of events across across the country but Liverpool's just got it and I think since Capital of Culture which Claire McColgan again she was the driving force behind that bid she's now the driving force behind Eurovision it, it's real experience and I see these this team at work you know you watch them doing what they're doing they're just brilliant and they're so lovely with it as well um, and their hands are tied in so many ways yeah. because it's government it's councils it's stuff it's the whole thing which makes their job harder but also when they do it you know that they've done it right it, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's going to be incredibly incredibly exciting if you just join me I'm talking to Jay Hine from The Guide if you haven't seen The Guide you should join it you should check out their website everything about it is just I am very proud and through lockdown I did one year uh, each week of going out and about which I love doing and one day you're going to put them on YouTube aren't you I know you're mad busy you have been promising me and he's now told me before I die it will go out Uh, in fact he'll say Peter at the funeral I did put it out for you did you can I not just bury you with them <laughs> no, they were brilliant. You don't price his world. And I've just got to say publicly as well the support that you give us and the stuff, the things like that, doesn't go unnoticed. Really doesn't. Jay, um, I'm thrilled you're going to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about it because it's so sad. You've had a dark time in your life, and we've been friends for a long time, and. I didn't know how much I cared for you uh, and you've been very, very poorly and how you've come through it, I'll never know. And you said you don't mind talking about it because it's a subject so many people now can talk about and on social media there's a lot of young people talk about it. Tell us what happened. So I've, um, this December, it will be 10 years since I had an operation um, and I live with a stoma and an ileostomy bag. And I've had it for 10 years now, and it's changed my life in a really great way because it gave me my life back because I was really ill before that. Um, during the operation, it was all the, the op went to plan, but then afterwards, I developed something called a paralytic ileus, so it made me really ill. So I was in the Royal then for three and a half months, and there was a few times where I wasn't going to get out the Royal. Um, but I did, and when I got better, when I recovered a few months later, I realised that it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Because before that, I lived with, with someone called ulcerative colitis, and it 
was debilitating. It, it just it, it controlled your life without you realizing how much it controlled your life. And yet, of course, I worked through. And you you remember me back in the day, Pete? I was a a little bit of a party animal, let's just say. I used to love going to Glastonbury and going to Ibiza there. And I, I would always say I'm not letting that illness dictate those things. But but looking back, it did. And since that up and having the bag, my um, bag for life, I can do all them things and more now. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think all that, all that stuff that I went through probably spared me on more to, to push in my career and to build up the guides and everything else. Um, because you do feel like you've got a little second chance at life and you want to you wanna make the most of it. You were a long time accepting it, weren't you? And understandably, you're a good-looking lad, you're a young man, you've got a great life, you had a great party time, you've got a great family to support you, thank God, and f- those fabulous friends. But you, you couldn't have talked like this a while ago, could you? No, there was... Well, certainly before the op, they used to say to me, you're going to... You know, you've got this condition that bad that... We're going to have to do it up soon. And that was when I was 26, 27. And they always said, you know, it would be within a year. Da, da, da. I managed to get to 30 before they had to do the op. But that used to kill me. It used to be like, not happening. No way. But then it was taken out of my hands because basically, I know it sounds gross, my bowel perforated. So they had to do the op. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that first year was, was tough. Coming to terms with it, living with it. But... Now I don't look back. I there's, really don't. There's people on social media. There's a good-looking lad who's a bodybuilder yeah. who shows his bag on social yeah. media. I love that because that's just. I mean, what you've just said now, we could never have talked about. We could have privately, but we could never have talked about it together. But you ha- are helping other people because it's not. It's not changed your life, has it? You've no, still got made a fabulous it, made life. It's so much better, and mm. it's funny. I, I know uh, a lady. Who I'm sure many people listening will know who's who's. Uh, Adele Roberts, who's on Radio 1, and she used to do the overnight show on Rock FM when I was doing the overnight show on Radio City, so we kind of communicate across across the border. But um, she's just had bowel cancer, and when I heard her message her and I said, you know, you might not know Adele, but I've got a bag, I've had that operation. If you need to chat, just let me know. And she couldn't believe it. She was like, oh, my God, Jay, I didn't know this. You now she's got it and what she's doing on her social media is incredible if you don't follow Adele Roberts then then get on it because she's she's got I think oh, what's the she's got a name for hers mine's called Billy but she's got a name for hers for, a name for the bag yeah Billy, Billy bag and um, and she's put photos up and but it's really inspiring to see and it's really good to see how she's dealing with it which is great which, which in turn hopefully will help other people um, but if you are going through any kind of IBD or Illness is similar, and that's looking like it's going to be your only option. And I know it's easy for me to say now, but 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 just go with it and just ride the storm mm. with it because it will be an option that you'll think, no, no, I'm not doing that. But I promise you, it will help. And you're not alone. Absolutely, there's many Absolutely. people out there. Jay, we're coming towards the end of uh, this amazing interview, and there's got to be a part two because uh, <laughs> I've got so much to talk to you about. Where do you think radio's going? Where do you think television's going? And where's the guide going? Oh, oh God. <laughs> radio makes me really sad and has made me really sad for the past few years and probably still will um, in terms of the way it's, it's gone. Obviously, man and your times at Radio City were when radio was, was big. Well, not radio was big, local radio was, was big and people did listen and it was before... Let's just say the the kind of 
the corporate yeah. side of the business yeah. took mm-hmm. over. Um, and we used to, that, that tower, that Radio City Tower, St. John's Beacon, which you look up at and see every single day, and I look up with such pride to think how long we were all there. It's lying empty now. There's no one there. There's no newsroom. There's no buzz. There's one show a day produced from there. And that's it. Yeah. And it's just so sad to see. And, and that's and nothing to do, yeah. I've got to say, by the way, that's nothing to do with Radio City. Oh, itself no, no, it's the, the whole, it's the whole radio. Nothing yeah. at all, yeah. because, you know, you listen to Leanne and Scott of a morning, who I love, they're still doing a great job. There's still some incredible people based in that building. But the company that owns it, like all the other kind of big, big radio companies, not just in the UK, across the world, have realised yeah. they can make money in other ways. And... and that is that really makes me sad. And what worries me with it all, Pete, you say the future of telly and the future of the guide and everything. What people don't realise is there's no way for young people, for kids, to get to find their way in now to this this fantastic industry that we're so lucky to, to be in, to be a part of. Because for me, I started at Radio City when I was when I was 17, 18, and I started voluntary making tea running around after presenters, doing whatever I have to do to, to get in there. There's no way for kids to do that now. So you talk about the future of telly, is that going to affect telly? Because it's certainly affected radio. Um, I don't know. I think it's platforms, hopefully like The Guide and like so many of the great digital platforms now that are going to are gonna, are gonna do well off, off the back of that, which I can't moan about, can I? But at the same time, it's sad to see things change so dramatically. It's interesting you say you work for nothing. Richard Maddock, one of our bosses, which, uh, who is huge in radio now, work for nothing. People will say, well, that's slave labour. And this is another discussion, by the way, but I did lots of things for nothing because that's how you learn your yeah, trade. I think time's changed a little bit, hasn't it, in, in terms of, you know, you know as, as an example on the guy, for instance, we, we would never let anyone work for nothing now. There's always got to be something. Um, but I think you need to, to, to be able to do stuff like that to find your way and work out is that what I want to do Is that and, and get your training and get, get that experience behind you Jay I can't thank you enough for talking to me I love the guide it is part of my life now and I always sum it up uh, like the Echo I used to get the Echo on a Friday Friday was the most important day ever for the Echo because you had your cinemas for the week so you had your whole list of theatres and everything I couldn't live each day when I have my coffee in the morning I get my guide out to find out where and what I'm going to do how can people find out where it is the platform so you get on your Google app or your your Apple app store and just search for the guide Liverpool download our brand new app which you can get food and drink deliveries off now as well by the way um, or get on the guideliverpool.com or just search for us on any social media platform we will be there even TikTok which I don't understand yet Josh looks after that but even there and uh, you'll see us pop up and then during your revision and over the next seven months I promise you we will be everywhere bringing you as much Eurovision content as we can I've got to come back to you on that food and drink tell me yeah so the new app we've teamed up with a great organisation called People and People are all about trying to keep money within local economies so there are big international companies that we all use every day who arguably are not are not running that side of their business fairly. So, for instance, restaurant deliveries, there's too much of a cut getting taken by certain companies to... The company you're dealing with are doing it properly. Yes, Fantastic. yes. So get on board. Local food and drink, supporting local businesses and some tasty options as well. So get involved. 
And if you enjoy that, we've got some great podcasts. Why not just subscribe? It's free.